Hi, my name is Kelly Vineyard, and welcome to our weekly Maison Mission program. This is episode 13. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about Maison Mission through the links in the description of this program. Maison Mission continues to evolve into a faith community where those of us who are seekers and questioners feel safe to ask hard questions. It's a place where we're reminded that God's love has absolutely no strings attached. I believe in Maison because for so many years I've longed to find a faith community that values social justice, equality, and affirmation as a pure reflection of what Jesus came to show the world. I've also longed to find community with like-minded people who are okay with my questions and doubts. And at Maison, that's what I've found. I also believe in the gifts of Kevin Brushert and Levi Lowry, and that they're more than capable of leading this community into greater things. Right now, both Kevin and Levi are working full-time jobs outside of Maison. Our goal is to bring both of them on salary so they can focus more of their time and energy into building this community and quite frankly, to help with the burden that comes with burning the candle at both ends working multiple jobs. In order to support their salaries, we need your help. If you like what you're seeing at Maison, and if you believe in our mission and want to be a part of building something new, would you consider partnering with us to help make this happen? We believe in financial transparency, and we've determined that in order to bring both Kevin and Levi on part-time, we needed an additional $4,000 a month coming in on a regular basis. So I'm asking you to consider supporting Maison with a recurring donation of $50, $100, or whatever it is you feel compelled to commit. These funds will go towards their salaries and ultimately to help build this faith community into something beautiful. All donations are tax deductible and every bit we receive makes a difference and helps us grow. So please consider partnering with us. We'd love to have you, and we greatly appreciate your generosity and support. You can visit our giving site at maison.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Thanks. Well, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Um, Levi and I wanted to try something new this week, and so we're going to have a conversation, and we're just going to share our conversation with you. Um, we've started a new series uh, over the last couple weeks uh, called Again and Again, which is talking about the season in the church calendar of Lent. And so I know for a lot of us, some of us have, have had experiences with Lent in the past where we've either given up eating certain things or uh, done kind of diets or maybe we've given up social media. Uh, but others of us have never really done anything. We don't even know what Lent is. And so I think maybe that's the best place for us to start in this conversation is to just talk about what, what is Lent. And, yeah. and for those who maybe don't even know what Lent is or what its purpose is, maybe we can just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, man. So Lent in my house mostly comes out of the dryer. Uh, that little filter that uh, nobody but I feel like me cleans in the house. Yeah. But aside from that, um, the best way to describe Lent is this season uh, that is, it's 40 days minus Sundays. Okay, so it's actually like 46, 47 days, I believe, um, before Easter leading up to Easter Sunday. And it's really cool because worldwide, this isn't like an American thing, 
the whole church participates in this. Not every little church, but the big C church. It's very common to participate in Lent, uh, a time of fasting. And um, traditionally it's been like meat or red meat or something like that. And it's turned into even fasting things beyond food. Um, it could be entertainment. It could be social media. I saw a bunch of people just put this thing out saying, I'm going to be gone for a little bit over a month, you know, and they didn't say it was for Lent, but I pretty much knew, you know, it was for Lent. And so it's, it's really this season of trying to create space. It's a, it's a season of confession, of repentance, of creating this space for God to come up and come up, come in and kind of do some things in our lives that, that he needs to do. And so I reference this a lot, but I have a friend that says it's this season where uh, we look to Jesus and then we look to our own lives and we confess the difference. And I love that because it means that we're on this journey and it's super helpful. One of the things I don't think that we've mentioned yet is you don't count the Sundays. It, you know, it's, it's this 40-day thing, but then you're like, hey, it's actually 46, 47. Well, Sundays are actually little celebrations of the resurrection. It's why we have worship on Sunday. It used to be on Saturday, and then once resurrection happened, it got moved to Sunday. So there's this tradition that whatever it is that you have fasted, say you gave up Diet Coke or coffee, uh, on those six days, you fast that. And then it's, it's almost like a little act of worship to partake in it uh, on Sundays. So go get a two liter of Diet Coke if that's what you gave up. You know, like hit up Starbucks and get the, the venti. You know, no room for cream. Like, drink that coffee as an act of worship. <laughs> and so the only time I would say don't do that is if you're using Lent as a way of jump-starting um, something that you permanently want to get rid of in your life. So if there's an addiction, like, you're trying to quit smoking, well, it's not an act of worship to, on Sunday. Like, go get two packs, you know, <laughs> just like shove them in. So right. uh, that, that's the only kind of caveat there. But, yeah, that's kind of Lent in a nutshell. Um, and sometimes you're into it. Uh, more than others, um, sometimes, you know, I've had years where I wasn't really feeling it. And this year, for whatever reason, uh, I am, and I'm grateful for that. So. Yeah, no, that's really good. You know, so, so we were, we're doing this series again and again, and I know that one of the themes is that again and again we're shown th the way. What, what, you know, there's a lot of people, I think, who wonder what that means, the way. You know, Christians use that term a lot, like the way. Um, I know that uh, back in the day there was a popular translation of the Bible called The Way. The Way. You know? Yeah. And so, so what does that mean? Yeah, so I mean, it means a lot of things, but we're going to kind of hone in on this one passage today. It's this really interesting passage that I never knew what to do with, like as a kid and a child growing up, because it really seems like out of character for Jesus. Because if we aren't careful, we tend to just kind of see Jesus in one certain light. Oh, he's the one that like welcomes the kids and uh, very gentle. And I think he, he was gentle, but uh, he also experienced like full range of emotions. And we see that in our, our passage today. And if you have a Bible, you're following along at home. It's in John 2 um, verses 13 through 22. And I'm just going to read that real quick. It says, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple courts he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both 
sheep and cattle. So get this, like there's animals running everywhere. Like there's money, you know, I see like one of these bank trucks, you know, that just like the doors fly open and there's, there's money flying everywhere, <laughs> you know, like this is what's going on. Um, and so he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables to those who sold doves. He says, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples uh, remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Like, all right, like, where's your card that says that you can do this? Where's your credentials? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. A little foreshadowing there. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture in the words that Jesus had spoken. So I, I want to turn the tables on you, and I want, you to, I want to ask you a question. And I didn't even put this in the notes because I didn't want you to know uh, what was coming. But I want you to explain to me what happens in your physical body when you get angry. Kevin Brusher, what what happens when you get angry physically to you? For me, to yeah, get angry, yeah. I yeah. think like I mean, even just thinking about it is like you can feel your like tension levels rise. Like you know, so your heart beats a little faster. You know, for me, like when I get really upset, I like kind of shake a little bit. You know, <laughs> like there's there's sort of that like I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like you shake a little bit. You you, you know, and then your mind races because you're trying to you know. How am I going to re- respond or react in this, you know, because all those feelings are so heavy and so, re- you know, in that moment, they're very real. And so, you, you, you know, I've learned over time that it's good to not <laughs> lash out in anger, right, but right. to try to, like, focus that anger a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, hopefully we're better now you right, know, than, yeah. than we were, like, at 16 and 20 and 25. Yeah, I think I think you're right on. And... One of the things that I'm reminded of in this passage is, well, a couple of things. One, that we are all, we all have a body. And I think sometimes we can forget, like Jesus did too. You know, uh, we we may like our body. We may not like our body at all. Our body may be like falling apart. It may be getting larger than we want. You know, maybe we're in a season where it's like we're happy with it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We all have a physical body just like Jesus. And it's not separated from the emotional side of things. Like, you can't completely separate those things. I've never met anyone who, when they're really frustrated, nothing about their physicality changes. Their, their breathing gets faster. They get flushed. They start to mm. shake. Like, I, I think we would be fools to think that the same stuff didn't happen to Jesus. And so there's this really churchy word that I want to explain. You know, sometimes we have these words that only work in certain places. And as far as I know, this is strictly a church word. I don't even use it in my home. It doesn't make sense like anywhere else. And I remember hearing it growing up and I didn't I didn't necessarily understand it, but it's the word incarnate. Mm-hmm. Incarnate. And it means for a deity to be embodied in human form. That's what it means. And so Jesus is, he is incarnate. Like he is literally in the flesh. 
Um, and I, I go back to our Advent devotionals, and my friend Jonathan shared from John 1.14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. There's another version that says, uh, he moved into the neighborhood and like tabernacled with us or pitched his tent you know, among us. And so then there's this super famous verse, John 3.16, that uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him uh, would not perish but have eternal life. And like he sent his son in as a human, like in a body. And and so when we use that word, that, that's what we mean, that, that Jesus is literally God with flesh in bones, in skin, and organs, and hair, and ligaments, like the whole enchilada, and the emotions that go with that. So, when the embodied God, when in Jesus, incarnate God, in in flesh, in human likeness, not likeness, but he is human, he walks into the temple, and it's around Passover time, and so... People would need to make these sin offerings, and a lot of times they would have traveled great distance. These these weren't wealthy people that you know had vacation time. This was this was a sacrifice to make this trip, uh, because they couldn't be working and earning. And now they get there, and there's some stuff going on in the temple that that just isn't right. And so the temple had these different levels of courts, and this was kind of in the outer courts, and at the the very inner, uh, the holy of holies, is where it was believed that the very presence of God was right like that that was a big deal we're, we're a couple layers outside of that but there were these opportunists that had shown up and they knew that these people had traveled they knew that they would need to buy an animal for a sin offering and so they did like what the movie theaters do or like what the sports venues do like that same diet coke that you can buy at the dollar tree for a dollar all of a sudden becomes like five six bucks you know or that yeah. that beer that you can get at Publix for just like you know a buck is all of a sudden eight dollars you know so that's what was going on and then there was some money changing happening and it, it wasn't a good rate you know it's like if the rate is supposed to be this it's always coming out in favor of the person who's making uh, the exchange in the temple and so that that stuff was going on right there in the temple and it it was uh, it didn't make Jesus happy, you know. And the scripture doesn't tell us that all of these things. It's like a really nice way of saying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's pissed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. he's pissed. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can say that. We like, can say that. We we would guess that he is. I actually heard this sermon one time where this guy was like, "What if he wasn't angry? What if he was just yeah. kind of like chill and like walked and just kind of like barely flipped the stuff over?" And I'm like. I want to go there with you, but like I'm just not buying what you're selling. Yeah, you know, I mean, can you? I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's I, his, it's his house, right? right so it's his right. house. You come into his house, you mess with this stuff. Yeah, he's, he's mad. Like, he's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. I, I think I think he was ticked, yeah. and I think it's important that we pay attention to the things that that anger Jesus. Yeah, I think. I think we have to do that. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, so you know, I know, I know that you and I, since the beginning of this series, you know, again and again, you know, it's like we're trying to tie that idea into what we're talking about. You know, um, what 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 do you what do you think that means? God, again and again, God shows us the way in this 
there's a couple of things that stand out in this passage. He was really frustrated with what this this big celebration had become. He he was frustrated with what or organized religion of the day had become. And that this place that was supposed to be a house of prayer had become a place of profit. Uh, a place that the the way that the, the world uh, kind of wields power, the way that the uh, the rich get richer was happening in the very place where God's presence joined heaven and earth. And it bothered Jesus. And so I, I think he's showing us the way that like, if we feel some of that, like if we look around and say like, what is this thing becoming? Like, what is the Christian church becoming? And I'm not trying to like diss on the church. I'm not. But if we look around and the church is pursuing power in the same ways that the world is pursuing power, and if it's, you know, holding people down systemically in in the way that the world kind of holds people down, we have to take notice of that because that's what was going on in this passage. And, and so I think he shows us the way that sometimes it's like, it's okay to, to show up and speak out. It is. It's, we don't just have to be quiet and meek. I mean, we can do it with love. I mean, if we're not motivated by love, and I think Jesus was motivated by love, like we're missing the mark. Yeah. We, we can do it in a way that doesn't look like everybody else. But, but sometimes we need to, to show up. And I think he was also making a statement to the people who are being exploited, um, that he wouldn't stand for it any longer. And I'm afraid that more and more we're living in what I call a thoughts and prayers culture, right? And I mean, uh, we see this. It's like um, these big things are happening, and we're pretty content to... Uh, you know, put some praying hands on a post and say that our thoughts and prayers are with you. And so uh, sometimes that's all we're doing is thoughts and prayers. Right. And, and I think sometimes the world looks at, at the church and says, man, like yeah, thoughts and prayers are good, but like put something with it, you know? And I can't say that I disagree with them. I mean, sometimes we need to put the thoughts and the prayer, you know, little emoji, and then we need to show up with a dang casserole. Yeah. Right? Like, and I know it's COVID and all that stuff, but like drop it on the front porch, like put it in a Rubbermaid. But like sometimes Jesus was incarnate. He was embodied. Like sometimes we need to show up physically, like physically. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we need to know the need that is going on, the, the person that is just under the gun, and, and let them know that we're with them, and then show up and be beside them. Mm. Like, sit on the back porch, six feet away, like with a mask on, and be the embodiment of Jesus. Because really, that's what this is about. Like, today, we're the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. He left with us the Spirit. God has breathed His very breath into us. And so now we're these little image bearers that are walking around the world. And like we're the place where these thin spaces can happen, where heaven and earth meet. Because this kingdom that He came to establish is alive in us. And so... You know, I know it's COVID and I know it's weird to talk about like showing up physically for people, but I wonder if we don't need it more now 
than ever, done in a safe way, to, to show up and be the embodiment. We, we can't just be thoughts and prayers only. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think sometimes it is. It's like we don't know what to do, um, and and we want to either say the right thing or do the right thing, but really, what it is is like what you're saying is that it's sometimes it's just being there. Sometimes it's just physically being there. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, and there's so much going on right now, right? That we can look at everything in the news and we can be like, well, I don't know what to show up for. Like, I can't show up for everything, so. That's when we resort to like the thoughts and prayers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I had a friend tell me one time, don't make the mistake of not doing anything because you can't do everything. And then that was great advice because yeah. I was lamenting to him. There's just so much going on. I don't know what to do. He said, pick something yeah. and be fully invested in it. Like show up for it. And that's exactly what I think we need to do. Just like pick something and, and show up for it. And, um, I believe, and I wrote this down, and there are some things I, yeah, I just, you know, it's like, yeah, I wrote it, and I kind of want to say it. So, uh, I believe that God is calling Maison Mission uh, to be the church that shows up with our bodies, because Christ is alive in us. We are the embodied representatives of God until the day that he returns to bring peace to the whole world. And I want us to be the church that, that shows up to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to minister to the prisoner, to be so transformed by love that we can't help but show up physically and and march for equality for our black and brown brothers and sisters, that that we show up to, to give the mom and the dad hugs for our LGBTQ brothers and sisters that have been ostracized in so many ways, especially from the church, that, that the, the law of love is, is so alive in us that it, that it makes a difference. Mm. And I, I want it to be where if something were to happen years down the road and, and Maison Mission didn't exist in Gainesville anymore, that, that there would be a grieving, that there would be a lament because we weren't just about thoughts and prayers. I'm not saying that other churches are just about thoughts and prayers. There's a lot of good churches doing this. I want us to be one of those churches that is showing up that would be missed if we were to disappear from the community. And so that's what I think it means when again and again we are shown the way. We have a body just like Jesus. We're the embodiment. We are the body of Christ. Let's show up. Yeah. No, that's right on. Such a good message, man. And and really appropriate because today we're going to actually have our very first physical gathering this afternoon. Uh, We're going to get together at Jonesville Park. At about 4 o'clock this afternoon, come out, uh, bring some food with you if you want, uh, bring your families, and we're going to, obviously we'll be, be safe distance, and we'll, we'll be outside, and we'll be making sure that we honor each other in that way, but like, really, it's just going to be a great time yeah, for totally. us to hang out, and uh, at the end, we might share a little bit about what Maison is about for those who are coming in, or maybe people who just stumble upon our gathering, yeah. and, uh, and then we might share some communion together. Yeah, and then we'll make them get the secret Maison tattoo, and they'll be in, man. There you go. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, I hope you guys can join us uh, this afternoon, and thanks so much. This has been awesome. Thanks, Levi. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Here are a few reminders before you go. We are so excited because we're getting together, for real, in person, today, this afternoon at 4 p.m. at Jonesville Park. 
Kids can play on the playground and we can visit and talk safely outside and distance and we're going to share together a time of communion. Bring your own food if you'd like and join us for our first physical gathering. Yay! See you there. We will not be having our usual virtual Sunday download meeting this afternoon, so just come join us at the park. We've partnered up with our friends at Borderland Mission in Nashville and many others around the world to put together a daily Lenten devotional program. These short videos will be released on our Facebook and our YouTube channel daily until Easter Sunday. Make sure to like and subscribe. Maison Mission is a non-denominational church. These programs and conversations are only possible through the financial support and donations from people like you. If our program encouraged you today, consider supporting the Maison Mission with a one-time gift or on a recurring basis. You can give through the link shown on your screen. We will also be displaying our giving links on a slide at the conclusion of this program. Thanks. Join us next week as we continue our series again and again, and have a great week.